0: On today's episode of Gathering the Kings,
1: bite the bullet and do things right from the beginning.
0: You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you, too, can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I'm your host. Today, I've got David Scott on the King stage. My brother, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Chaz. Really glad to be here.
0: Good, man. Uh, we just had some great time off air. I always try to mention a couple of things here, but man, we talked about, just in like 15 minutes, talked about crypto. We talked about where in the countries we are, or where the country, you're in beautiful uh, uh, Northern California. You got your hands in a lot of cookie jars, as you said. You got a great business that you're looking to maybe get into some others. Um I'm interested for this conversation. I'm, I'm glad that you're here.
1: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's an exciting time just because of how many opportunities the internet has brought us. You know, we talk about yes. cryptocurrency. It, this is stuff 10 years ago that most people weren't even able to, you know, even yeah. trading on the internet was just becoming something we had a, enough bandwidth to do. And yeah. so, so many opportunities I'm, now.
0: Times are changing, my man. Well, what, what's your main business right now? And uh, let's, let's jump in here.
1: Sure. So I own Scott Technology Group. It's a family business. Uh, my dad started it actually in the mid nineties. We sell oh. copiers, multifunction printers, scanners, and uh, of course, now moving into cloud software to help sure. companies digitize and manage their documents. Um, a lot of companies are looking to automate time consuming tasks like payables, yeah. human resources, especially as workers are remote now. Yeah. You know, any kind of automation that you can build around those processes helps save money and make everything run more efficiently.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I think every entrepreneur, we know that we need to automate, but sometimes we don't know what or how or at what time frame, you know, like we just, we get caught. Like we were just talking about earlier, <clears throat> you and I we were kind of talking about this warrior to king transition and, and the warrior being this day to day, just grind, right? I'm wearing tons of hats. And eventually, if you stay there for too long, you just, you just fizzle out. Um, But automation is one of those things that obviously you can do to lighten the load, if you will. And so how does someone know, like, let me just kind of get into your business here We're we're off the script here a little bit, but how does someone know when to automate, what to automate, how, how, what should the entrepreneur be thinking um, in that way?
1: So that's, that's a great question. I actually dove in head first myself uh, to starting this side business. It was, it was, and I, I learned the hard way because, you know, when you're a salesperson selling automation software, you view it from your perspective, not necessarily always from the business owner or the the customer's perspective. Right. But a few years back, I started this other company. We were going to be selling these water coolers and uh, it was like, you know, a monthly rental. So I hired a team and uh, my admin gal she needed to store the contract somewhere. And so I had to make this decision. Do I use one of the tools that Scott Technology Group sells, which is going to have a little bit more of a learning curve, or do I just tell her use Dropbox and you know we'll, we'll just store stuff in Dropbox? And so I went with Dropbox, even though I'm a big believer in this other software to keep things automated and, and organized. And over the next five years, it became such a mess. We had contracts we couldn't find. We had records that uh, we're just wrong, and when I went to sell that business, I actually ended up selling it for less than I could have. Uh, the, the The buyer actually found product that was in the field that had never been recorded and we'd never billed for, and just just a mess. I lost uh, at least five figures in potential revenue on that sale because I didn't keep good records. Yeah. So the the lesson mm-hmm. I learned the hard way is is just you know bite the bullet and do things right from the beginning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the listener here today, six-figure business owner, they're not maybe at the very beginning, but what you're saying is don't wait another day. You should be thinking about some organization and some and some automation. How how does a how does an entrepreneur move forward with taking action around organization or automation and as opposed to analysis paralysis? Right? Like what <laughs> I feel like there's this, there's this this balancing act that we have. Sure. Some are probably more prone to analysis, just based on their personality, as opposed to others where we talked about the ready fire aim uh, attitude. We talked about that at the beginning here before we jumped on the recording. Some are some are in one of these camps. H- how do they prepare, plan, organize, automate uh, without getting stuck?
1: Yeah, it can be difficult. I, I'm a big believer in processes, so I think the biggest thing is take what you have and just. Make a policy around it. If if they're using Dropbox, fine, work with it. But make a policy so that everybody's doing things the same way. Everybody knows where these documents are going to be stored, how they're going right. to be stored, how to access them, and there's there's just a process in place so that stuff doesn't get lost. If yeah. if a worker just suddenly quits, um, all that all their work is not it's not a mystery. You don't have to get a forensic accountant to go back and figure out where everything <laughs> is. So there's been
0: times where I have felt that though.
1: Absolutely, me too. <laughs> so I think having a having a written process and a written policy is the starting point, and then you'll start to see where the pain points are. Hey, we're doing this, but we're spending a ton of time scanning and doing data entry. Uh, we're we're still moving paper physically around. We're still emailing documents back and forth, and they're getting lost in emails. And then we can start to plug some of those gaps or address those bottlenecks.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and it always doesn't have to be the entrepreneur either, right? Like. We take a look at, maybe I've only got two or three people on my team. I'm a pretty small entrepreneur, but we have them write out what they do. They're going to know it better anyway. And then, like you said, we can take a look at that and we can identify some areas of opportunity for automation. I love actually um, going to my team. I try to do this a couple of times a year where I'm like, okay, write a list of everything that you're doing, especially the things that you do every day multiple times a day, repeatedly, over and over and over again, because that's a super easy way to go, okay, surely there's got to be something somewhere, somehow, that I can uh, I can find an automated tool or a, a rule or Zapier or whatever Absolutely. that can help me out with this, you know?
1: Right. Absolutely. That's the place to start. Once you've got it written down and you can understand it and you can assign somebody to, you know, find a few possible solutions or you can go yourself and see what's out there.
0: Exactly. Okay, good stuff. Well, so um, my first question, <laughs> now that we're minutes in, I want to get to it finally, but I, it's the same question. You said you'd listen to some shows. Really appreciate that before you jumped on here. Um, it's always the same. And I think it sets a really, really awesome tone for guys like you that have had enough success where maybe you don't feel like you're done yet. You don't feel like you've maybe reached it, the, the top level, but man, there's got to be a reason at this stage that you're still going. I want to know what that is.
1: Man, I've always had this desire to play in the largest arena. You know, I want to be in the major leagues. And when you're an adult, that's business. Um, when I was a kid, that's, I think that's actually why I, so I was in the Marine Corps when I was younger. Okay. And I had this, this point when I was 17 of trying to decide what, what i am I going to do with my life? And the Marine Corps to me just seemed like the, the largest, most meaningful, most impactful thing I could do. And, yeah. and this huge challenge to be accomplished. And if I could do that, I could do anything. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it really set my confidence very high. And then it, it also just set my risk tolerance very high. So <laughs> now, now I feel like I'm just constantly chasing my own potential, trying to see how yeah. far I can push. It, if I'm not reaching my potential, I'm, getting, I'm you know, kind of discouraged. Yeah. So, uh, so I tend to look at making money as this puzzle to be solved. And I don't want to just—I don't, you know—the money is is a byproduct of doing everything else right. Yeah. But I want to build a great organization. I want to be able to have meaning in it. I want to be able to mentor people, make a better life for my family, have freedom of my own time. So I don't want to be, you know, a, a slave to this thing that I've built, right. and then and then have money come as a byproduct of all that. And so even if it takes my entire life, I feel like it's a, a meaningful conquest. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that what you just said there at the end, like super resonates with me even personally, is that it is going to take until the end. In fact, most likely my vision, hopefully it's big enough to where it actually, it can't be done in my lifetime, right? Like what you're talking about this potential, it's like, man, what if it goes beyond me? What if, what if my potential is an extension into, like you said, your team, or your family or your children or your grandchildren or whatever that looks like um <clears throat> it's like what if my potential getting to that little piece goes beyond my physical life here on earth it's like man that's big and deep it's like how do how does that get me motivated today what what do you think about that like do you wake up thinking about this let me go get my potential or or is it something different i don't know what do you think
1: Well, I have to balance it because in the past I have, you know, I'd have these huge ambitions and huge dreams. And then I would get frustrated because instead of, you know, the boat moving in the direction I want it to go, I'm just, I felt like at times I was just patching holes in it to keep it from sinking. You know, I can't even start rowing yet. So there've been times in the past where I'm just beating myself up, feeling like I'm not, I'm not getting there. And then I've, I've, really changed my mindset in the past few years and spent a lot of time thinking about that, just realizing that, no, this is, this is a process. This is something everybody goes through. In fact, building from the ground up is going to make me a better entrepreneur, better business leader down the road. And uh, so I'm just embracing the day-to-day as much as possible. Uh, I I spend a lot of time making sure that my mindset is right. And I, I don't say that as a cliche, like, I have fallen into that trap where I wasn't taking care of my body. I wasn't taking care of my mind. I was just working, working, working. And real quickly, the mindset goes into discouragement, frustration, depression, you know? And so uh, just getting in those early morning workouts, making sure I'm eating right. Even vitamins, man, I, you know, I was trying to lose weight a while back and I started to eat too little. And, and I think the malnutrition caused depression and so wow. i think as entrepreneurs sometimes the battle is as much up here as it is out there yeah and uh yeah you're right so so that can become a ch- a real challenge
0: yeah yeah the the vitamins piece that's so simple um you know i have to have it stacked with vitamins man because you want to talk about out of sight out of mind Oh it- yeah <clears throat> It does not happen unless it is super obvious. And then I, and then even in that obvious, I've got like red lights, alarms, you know, other people, Hey, over here.
1: (laughs) Well, and here's the thing is that something that simple can start to cause you to get into this little bit less optimistic, little bit less ambitious mindset. And you're like, ah, maybe I shouldn't do that business deal. Maybe I shouldn't take that risk. Maybe I shouldn't hire that person yet. You know, maybe the economy is going to crash. And all (laughs) of a sudden, you're thinking in terms that are like life changing for you and X number of employees and your family. I mean, we really have a responsibility to uh to take care of ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's so true. All right, let's go a little bit practical here. I want to hear um, you know, inside of, you know, maybe the first couple of years. I know you said your dad started the business. And so you know, I want to hear about how maybe you got started in the business. Um, what was the transition like? Was it, did you work with your dad for a while? Give us how it kind of started.
1: Sure. Well, I, I think I've been an entrepreneur from the time I was a kid. Um, I remember at 12, you know, going around selling chocolate door to door. Oh, go, yeah. oh you trying to go to camp or you raising money for your school? No, just trying to make money. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, so I was doing that from a young age. And then my dad, he was just a copier tech. He he fixed copiers and his company got acquired mass layoffs uh pay cut so he left and and started his own company and it just started out of our garage i was 14 he was servicing oh. copiers and i would help him clean them up you know we'd be out in the garage scrubbing down old copiers and cleaning them up to resell and my brother and i we were 15 and 16 we were the first delivery team so we'd be carrying copiers <laughs> upstairs and stuff yeah and as he grew and um So I worked for him for a couple of years doing that, joined the military. I was gone from 17 to 23, started a family in that time. No, I'm sorry, 25. And then, um, so he started to talk to me about coming back up here and working for him full time so that he could mentor me to take over the business. So I was 25. I came up here in 2005 and I've been up here ever since. Uh, Worked with him side by side for a number of years and then he wanted to retire. So, so uh, I purchased a portion of the business from him in 2011. He actually passed away in 2018, which was, which was a challenge for me. Yeah. He was, he was my business partner for a lot of years and really taught me quite a bit. So, uh, but we're, you know, we're going strong since then. I've, I've started um, two other copier dealerships, sold one of them, started the water cooler dealership and and sold that Uh, you and I were talking about that before the show. And right. done a number of other things, uh, but we're just continuing to, to grow and uh, it's been great.
0: Well, I, yeah, that, I mean, what a, what a transition, you know, to go through, to have, I don't know. I just, I look forward to those moments where I can talk to my kids about, you know, mentoring them inside of a business specifically, do we, you know, do it together, do businesses together, do deals together, whatever that looks like in whatever industries that we're going to be in. But, um, you know, I, I think that that's, he did exactly what he was designed to do, uh, pave the way and, and, uh, and bring you along, you know,
1: he did just, Yeah, that's pretty incredible. And, you know, he left behind a great reputation and a great legacy and, wow. uh, customers still talk about him. Employees still talk about him. That's it cool. actually makes me a little bit sad because I've been here 17 years now full time. And I've only got one guy left that was here when I first started.
0: Yeah. Um, wow.
1: So, you know, slowly that old guard is, is retiring. And, uh, but it's a, it's a brand new crew, a lot of younger people and, and the business is starting to take on its own shape. So
0: exactly as, as it should, right. Um, you're, you're the, you're the lead dog now. And so they gotta, they gotta, uh, have your vision and, um, and also like we were talking about, you know, off the air, just a little bit, um, about how businesses change over the course of time. You're not, you're not naive to the idea that, People are printing less, um, than more, and so you uh, having a technology business as opposed to just a printing business um, obviously makes a big difference. And you're going to need some young guys to help you out with that. So,
1: well, you know, and I'm especially fascinated with what's happening in modern era, especially with social media. You've got this fusion of entertainment and business where they're going like oh, this. Yeah. You look at these young guys like Mr. Beast on YouTube, and right. here he is. He's a YouTuber. But now he's got a burger chain. He's got chocolate bars that are selling in Walmart. Like the guy has bridged the gap from entertainment into business. And then you've got other people who are going the other direction, taking business and becoming entertainers. I think of brands like um, K-Swiss and Old Spice that that just lean hard into creating really entertaining content. And um, I just think there's so much potential there. So I've got this. I've got this idea for what marketing is going to evolve into it. And that's really something that I'm excited about exploring in our business.
0: Yeah. I love that as well. You're right. There's this gap. In fact, I was just actually just watching, it was probably a TikTok video, um, but somebody talking about this exact same thing where it's like, okay, you have these two worlds. Um, Actually it was Sam ovens. I'll give a little plug here. I remember now Sam ovens. And he was talking um, in this video that I was watching about these two worlds colliding this this entertaining world and the, the business world or in the, his space, he's the, in the info education space where they're selling courses or um, you know, trainings or whatnot. And then coming together, cause you have the course creators and the trainers who need clients, who need the audience, who need the, right. need the eyeballs. And you have the people over here with uh, who like Mr. Beast who have all the eyeballs, but previously didn't have anything to sell. Right. Um, and really, obviously, the combined effort there of not only having the audience, but then also being able to provide a product service, you know, whatever it is. That's the ultimate in business is to be able to do both because uh, otherwise, you're lacking either a business, literally sales, <laughs> or you're lacking um, the ability to find people to help them with your product. Um, so,
1: you know, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk right. said he, he made this comment that has just stuck in my brain. But he said that attention is the new real estate. Yeah. And the more, you know, everybody spends time staring at a screen. And if you can capture a few of those minutes from yeah. every person, then you now have that real estate and you've got something to do. But if you can't get attention, uh, Grant yeah. Cardone talks about this. If you can't get attention, then you really can't sell whatever it is you're doing. Even if it's the world's greatest, you know, cure for cancer, if nobody's going to listen, what good is it?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and i think that uh, you know this, this is good for the listener to hear because it's not it's not just a guru thing right like you get attention and now you can flaunt your jet um right. it, it's really about you as the local business owner you have a, a technology print business or the guy that's listening that has a concrete business what whatever the spectrum of all these businesses you need people you need eyeballs you need attention and uh, how we do that obviously is it's changing is is our point here. We're changing. Um, it's becoming entertaining. It's becoming more story-like it's becoming more authentic, really. Like even just this right here, just having a conversation back and forth allows people to be able to see you and I both in different respects because we're just being us. Like I got my elk hat, you know, hat on today, you know, you're chilling over there in your office. I can see what your life looks like for real, for real, you know? And so, I think it just, uh, it's just a great depiction of where things are going and it's for every business. It's not just you and me or the gurus that we mentioned. It's for everybody that's listening. They need to apply this to their business for sure.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's actually a great book. Sorry. (laughs) I'll just end into that thought. Um, Marcus Sheridan wrote this book, they ask you answer and it, I was at this conference and this lease company was presenting and they actually gave everybody a copy of this book. They ask you answer by Marcus Sheridan. And this guy, he's in like West Virginia. He has a pool and spa business and it was struggling. I think this was maybe in the early two thousands. And he just started writing blog posts, answering questions that people commonly would ask them, you know, what's the best kind of pool in ground or above ground or what kind of materials. So he would just write these blog posts and, he just was constantly anything that people would ask he would create that and he started to dominate the search engines and then he started to do reviews on different companies reviewed his competitors so when people would search his competitors names his blog would show up you know and the guy just has this inspirational story of turning around the pool and spa business there and turning it into a huge success yeah and I think that that concept is still valid, but it's changing. You know, the thing now is short form videos. You mentioned TikTok, YouTube shorts, Instagram stories, and companies that can really lean into that and maybe combine a little bit of education for their customer with some entertaining entertainment value are the ones that are going to get that attention and dominate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's also too, you know, the entertainment piece is it's, it's nurturing, that seems odd to put entertaining and nurturing together. But if I have your attention and you may not be a good fit for whatever it is that I'm selling today, but it might be a good fit tomorrow or next week or next year or five years from now. And if I can, if I can hold your attention, then you'll remember me in essence. And so I still think that it's applicable, you know, for those folks that's, um, you know, uh, my 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 demographic isn't on TikTok. Well, first off, it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Number two, number two. Even if it's not, guess what's going to happen in five years, ten years? The people that are on TikTok who you quote don't think are in your demographic are going to become yep. your demographic. So, um, don't be don't be silly. All right, let's get into some practical decisions that you've made. I want to go good and bad here. Think about a decision that you made inside the business that a that a listener right now that can go put into principle or into practice, rather, sorry, uh, today, something that you did that they can, they can take a note of, and it's super applicable.
1: Absolutely. So I think one of the most impactful things happened during the, the throes of the pandemic, businesses were shut down, most of our customers were closed. So, you know, and we rely on this recurring revenue from our maintenance agreement contracts, And I was just stuck, you know, I just could not figure out how to move forward. Um, What is our business going to look like post pandemic, how to plan for that. I just had some major, major problems that I was facing that I just couldn't solve. And I reached out to a friend of mine. Uh, In fact, I'm going to plug her Her name is Elena Noel. She's got a great book called Inspiring Accountability. And she's a a coach, author, speaker. She works with businesses to help them uh, create a more, you know, a better culture of accountability. But she just, she, she gave me some incredible coaching and just weekly meetings, sharing with her what I'm facing, uh, helping me problem solve. And I think I'd never reached out to a coach in that way before. I'd never had just constant business coaching. Um, At one point she identified, you know, some issues that we had in sales and she referred me to a sales coach. And then I worked with that sales coach for a number of months and just You know, it's, it was the nitty gritty. It was me getting my hands dirty uh, and, and just problem solving, but it it showed me the value of having a coach, having a mentor, having somebody else who's outside of it with a different perspective and being able to have them help problem solve. So that was huge for me.
0: Yeah. This, you know, you're so far into the forest. You can't see the trees. Yep. Mindset, I think is obviously very real, but we just, we don't know when we're in the forest. (laughs) Um, I was talking about this actually this morning with my workout buddy. He's one of my uh, real estate partners and he had been in the real estate or in the uh, restaurant business for 25 years and had owned a couple of his own places and, and kind of in and out. And I mean, 25 years doing something is a long time. He's only, you know, just maybe, maybe my age or a little older. I mean, he'd been mostly doing this one thing his whole life. And so um, it was about a year or so ago when he, he, he was cutting my hair. He's cut my hair for a while, and I was like, "Hey, man, you ever thought about real estate?" And I slid it. I slid him a book, and two days later, he was like, "Dude, how? How? What? Where? Tell me what I got to do." And so we ended up creating a company, and and that's been all great. But what we were talking about this morning is this thing right here. It's like he would he felt odd doing something different. And sometimes we just don't know to shift or even what to shift or how to shift or where to go, unless we have that person who's just completely not in our forest at all go, Hey, have you ever thought about this? And, uh, and it wasn't me cause he's done all the work. Um, it was just my perspective, you know, it just switched his brain for a half second long enough to realize, man, this is something completely different, which is in essence, what you're saying. Do you want to add anything to that with the example that you gave with the coach?
1: Yeah. You know, I think just like you're, you're talking about, I mean, I know you're, you've got a mastermind group and having people that have been through experiences or have resources or just, you know, can point you in a direction to explore. It just is, it makes a world of difference. And so uh, maybe stealing from a future question, but I, I absolutely value mastermind (laughs) groups for that reason. (laughs)
0: That's beautiful. Yeah, no, no, it's good. It's good. Um, It's good for the listener to hear because um you know, in that warrior stage we talked about, sometimes you're just busy, you know? And like you even said it yourself, I was just doing the thing. I was stuck. And, um, it takes doing something different or talking to someone different, um, that to change it. And so let's flip the script. I want to know of a bad decision that you've made where, you know, obviously it didn't take you out of business, but, uh, man, you learn from it and we can learn from it too.
1: Yeah, I have a good one. Um, so, so the the water company I started in 2016. It, it's a great business. It's essentially these these water coolers you can put anywhere in the building. They purify your water. It's hot and cold drinking water on demand. No bottles. Flat monthly rental. So, you know, it made a lot of sense for the customer, and I got excited yeah. about it because it could be this recurring revenue business model. Yeah. So. You know, I immediately uh, jumped in, I I leased a couple of vans, I started to uh, hire some people, I built it up, because I'm running this existing uh, office equipment, office technology company, and that's kind of how we do things. If we need to hire somebody, we hire somebody. And I was not thinking in terms of a a startup, and uh, just really quickly got into debt, got in over my head. I just didn't do the due diligence to to have a, a good business plan, good budget. Good cash flow. And um, about that same time, I was also starting another copier dealership over in an adjacent city. Really believed that we had the right guys that we were partnering with that could just grow it really fast. But same thing, didn't have a good business plan, didn't plan for the cash flow. You know, in the Marine Corps, when you call for artillery fire, you have them shoot a few rounds and then you call them and you tell them to adjust. And so I was approaching business the same way. Like, Hey, if we miss, we'll adjust as we go. Right. We don't need a business plan. Well, things, one thing led to another. And I ended up in just this, this massive debt. And at one point I had to start facing the decision. Do I, uh, do I pay payroll or do I pay, you know, send in the, payroll tax withholdings because I didn't have enough to do both. And every week I just had this, or every two weeks I had payroll coming up. And so it just became this huge stress point, started to fall behind with the IRS. And you know, it when you don't send in payroll tax, like that's, that's could be criminal. So I found myself having this discussion with an attorney, like, am I going to prison? Because I'm really <laughs> far behind. And I don't know how to catch up. And he goes, yeah. No, they're not going to send you to prison for being a bad business person. You know, you just got <laughs> to, yeah, if you were buying a boat with it, that'd be different. So um, just a really bad decision. I, You know, I think I, I'm a religious person. I think God sent the right guy at the right time to buy that company and he bought it for enough to pay back the IRS and pay off some of the debts. And so uh, yeah. we got out of that alive, but that was a, a very scary time for me, a lot of stress and um, just really underscored the importance of going into it with a plan, knowing my cash flow, knowing my numbers, what's it take to be profitable and to grow and, and how much capital do I need to do it
0: yeah I love I love two things that you gave to us. I love that um, you, you said you'd never really you weren't thinking startup because you were you took over an existing business right. and so there's this huge difference obviously between a startup and buying a business. Um, I'm curious to know though, if you did it all over again, would you buy an existing business or would you start up since you've done both now?
1: Boy, that's that's a great question. I think it all depends on the existing business because if it was if it had the right customers, if it had the right people and they were uh profitable, you know, the financing worked out right, I would want to look at the cash flow, but um, I think buying an existing business is better. It'll give you a faster start, right. but you have to be confident that you're going to be able to keep those customers and keep those employees. And that's yep. that's really key. Uh, I, if I was going to start up, I would start up a lot slower. And the other thing I would do oh, still running this business is I would make sure that I had like somebody who was taking ownership of that. I, I was trying to be the CEO of both. And it was just too much. I don't know how Elon Musk does it, but I need somebody who can be in charge of that other business. I can't be doing all the hiring and training and going out on emergency service calls at you know middle of the night. Uh, so I, I failed to to really put somebody in charge of that business, and that was a mistake.
0: Yeah, those are all great points. Um, I, I've done both myself as well, and you're right; it's a different challenge for each one. Um, but man, if you can buy a business. Um, or roll up, right? Like someone listening right now, they already have their own business. Um, potentially, what the easiest way to get to seven figures is go buy a competitor. <laughs> um, and there's deals out there because just as we started this conversation, um, you know, there's lots of opportunity out there. There's going to be over the next ten years. There's people looking to exit, and whether it's in whatever industry we're talking about, um, there's always going to be opportunities to to go to the next level um, through through acquisition. And so I think that that's a nice little plug there. Let's talk about process. We've talked about good and bad decision here a little bit, but what about today? Like today, you're a sharp guy, you got a podcast, you got multiple businesses. How does, how does David today make a good decision?
1: Well, I I always talk to my wife about it. She's, she's way more. So, so like I've come to realize that my risk tolerance is broken.
0: (laughs) So explain.
1: I just, you know, I, I'm somebody who, uh, well, I, I, love trading cryptocurrency. I think that, that tells you something I, I wanted to learn how to trade futures. So, uh, not crypto futures, just, you know, financial futures back during that, the 2009 recession. And so I just started trading like gold futures and, and, uh, started trading options like, and, and lost a ton of money in the process. It was a, it was the worst thing in the world to, to just jump in and do with real money. Uh, you know, but my risk tolerance has always been very high. So yeah. now when I make a decision, I do it recognizing that. And I talk to my wife, who's the opposite. I, I, I have to value her opinion. A lot of times I'm frustrated by it because like, yep. oh, come on, you're not seeing the opportunity. Here.
0: She's a big ball of nose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but she's she's objective. Like she doesn't just yeah. shoot stuff down. She she will look Good. at it, but she'll often give me some, some really valuable insight. Good. Um, I always want to make sure that you know, as, as somebody who believes in God, I want to make sure it's, it's right. It's ethical. It's not in violation of the Bible because I feel like uh, that's a really important principle for my life. Yeah. And, uh, and then the last thing is when I finally do make a decision, I, I, what they taught us in the Marine Corps is make a decision and die by it. In other words, don't second guess it. Once the decision's made, it's, it's made, go right. after it and do everything you can to make it successful.
0: Yeah, I love that. Such great wisdom. Um, some shared, some given from uh, your own experience there. I love it. Um, let's go over to the speed round here. <clears throat> got a couple minutes left here. I'm going to come at you in a different angle. My first speed round question is regarding tracking KPIs. I want to know what is the most important thing to track inside your business?
1: Boy, if, if I had to pick one thing, I would say it's got to be cash flow. And that's just because you know, I'm not somebody who comes from a, an MBA background. So it's taken me some some real world bruises to learn this. Yeah, yeah. But cash flow is so critical and it's 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 different, it's nuanced, right? It's not just your net profit because you've got financing and and taxes. So understanding how much of that cash you're actually going to be able to keep at the end of the year right. is really vital to the to the business and its growth.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree with you. Um the perspective of not having the background I share with you as well. And so I even find myself even still today, I'm a numbers guy. I I run the numbers. I look at the, 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 the profit that, you know, we can, we can dissect it in 14 different ways. Right. Right. But there is still like a little bit of street in me, you know, where it's like, you know, like you said, a high risk, high tolerance and, and I look at the numbers, but also I'm like, yeah, but You know, I don't have a degree, so poo on that. Let's let's go over here and run fast. And so I think you want to bet on yourself. You want to bet on yourself, exactly. And so I think I think what I'm what we're trying to say is that it's real. You do need you do need to do this. You do need to pay attention. Otherwise, eventually, like you said earlier, maybe you uh, maybe you won't have a business.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I I found myself looking at my business one time and, and going we're profitable. i just so frustrated, you know, we're profitable. Why are we constantly having to borrow money or to, you know, struggling to, to pay our taxes at the end of the year, what's going on? Like, you know, and, and then finally just um, diving deep, sitting down with the CPA, figuring out where the cash is going. And it, it's, you know, it's elusive. It, it should be a no brainer. Like um, that's something that a, a business person really needs to look at and keep, keep an eye on because, that should be one of the, the first and foremost things. But I think a lot of times we look at top line revenue and bottom line profit and, and we forget to look at our cash flow.
0: Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Okay. What book would you recommend, David, for a business owner trying to grow their business?
1: So I'm going to recommend two of them um, Elena Noel's book, Inspiring Accountability, incredible okay. at helping entrepreneurs actually confront poor performing employees in a way that's okay. not going to crush their spirit. Wow. And so, especially if for, I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that maybe struggle with confrontation. Yeah. Uh, they don't like it. And so they let bad behavior continue and, and poison yeah. the organization. So true. So inspiring accountability, highly recommend that. And then the second one is Cal Newport's book, Deep Work. Yeah. Um, that book just helped me incredibly. You have it on there? Right there it is. There. I see it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it back here somewhere. And, um, you know, just, just realizing that if you need to learn, if you need to build a website, you can build a website. If you need to learn how to code some Python to accomplish something, you can learn that you just need to set aside all the distractions and get some time to spend in highly focused, deep work. And, uh, you can accomplish just about anything for your business. And I think that's critical, especially for that six figure business owner that can't afford to outsource a lot of things. He's wearing a lot of hats and, um, sometimes it's just about shutting out the noise.
0: Yeah, no, that's so good. I, I, I'm taking that one away today for me. (laughs) There's a lot of noise, man. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, medically, uh, induced or not, or not induced, but, uh, claimed, uh, ADD, ADHD. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, we like projects. We like the next thing we like, we like to stay busy. Um, you know, which over there, they call that ADD. I just call it the, the ability to Go from one thing to the next and be excited all the time. Like, come on, let's go. But man, you want to talk about uh, <laughs> a distraction um uh to to keep things actually foggy all the time, you know. So it does take deep work to to make the point there. Absolutely. All right. What uh what do you think? You kind of mentioned earlier about mastermind groups having this perspective, but what do you what do you think about in like networking that maybe versus masterminding? Do you do both, one or the other? What, what would you recommend for the listener to do? That type of thing.
1: I do both. So I'm part of a mastermind group that's specifically in my industry. So there's, uh, you know, 25 other business owners, we get together twice a year from across the country. Some of these guys have nine figure businesses. um, And it's just great to learn from them. People that have companies that span, you know, four or five different States. And so I can, they've, they've made all the mistakes some of these guys have businesses going back to the early 1900s even. It's, it's amazing wow. you know, selling typewriters and stuff. Yeah. And Fourth generation. That's so, incredible. But you know, networking is huge because in just local networking, I've gotten to meet guys that have given me a huge education on how banks view SBA loans and um, yeah. how insurance companies think. I mean, just understanding real estate. So being able to broaden my horizons, has been really helpful to networking yeah. with people in other industries. And that's really why I'm setting up my own podcast is I want to, I want to learn, I want to meet other people. And uh, it doesn't have to be in the context of doing business with them. I just want to have more conversations so I can grow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Love that. All right. Well, I've got one last question here for you, David. <clears throat> I want to know if you could whisper in the younger David's ear, what would you say?
1: I would say learn everything you can about finance and marketing because those two are going to be a game changer regardless of what direction you go in. Yeah. I think those 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 two topics, finance and marketing, have have been uh maybe especially marketing, a lot of people cut cut marketing out when when times get tough and I think a, a skilled marketer can yeah. just make a huge impact on a business. So yeah. yeah, if I could talk to my younger self, I think I would have spent a little bit more time just learning the principles of marketing and and yeah. focusing on that,
0: and and maybe invest in Bitcoin fifteen years ago. Oh, for sure. <laughs> As a fellow crypto enthusiast, I think about that often. I've I have asked this question. Not not it's it's a newer question. That's why I wasn't on your list. I, I caught you off guard on purpose. But um, you know, I have n- I have yet to hear the person say. Uh, you know, invest in Apple. Invest, you know, like whatever the the thing that their younger self should have technically or practically done. It's always theory, which is phenomenal. That's the mindset that we're going for. I just think it's funny because, uh, man, if we, if if we had known what we know now, you buy be, Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bro, it was it was really really cheap a long not that long ago. You know. Um. Anyway, well, we just appreciate you being here. Obviously, uh, you've just been uh, super helpful and kind and sharing your story. How can the listener find you? Whether they're they need to do business with you, um, in a technology, uh, printing automations way, or maybe they just didn't want to reach out and, and uh, pick your brain. How can they find sure.
1: you? Absolutely. So I'm active on Twitter, uh, Sergeant David Scott. I've got a YouTube channel. If you just search David Scott podcast, you'll find it or David Scott finance. It's under both. Um, okay. you know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn. So you know, I don't, I don't use Facebook and LinkedIn as much, but I check my, my DMs, they're open. So sure. would would love to hear from anybody. That's awesome, man.
0: Well, you've been incredible here today. Thank you for, again, just sharing and sharing of your time, uh, your history, the whole deal. We wish you nothing but success, blessing on your businesses and your family and uh, all the things you got your hand to. So thanks for being here.
1: Thank you, Chaz. It's great.